Uh, and it's awesome that you say that because that's something that I'm using now as I'm starting to get into uh, long distance running. People are like, well, why would you do that? Like, that's so hard. But to me, it's easy because I can use the stuff from my past and pain and go to this dark place and focus on that and then the running and escape. Um, Welcome to another episode of The Michael Maloney Show, where we take you on a journey around the world, exploring the stories of successful individuals and learning from their achievements and struggles. Join us as we delve into the why and how behind their accomplishments and discover how to live a more fulfilling life. Dylan, I met you, I first met you in college. Yeah. It would have been either at community college or you and I cannot remember, but uh, we had several classes together and we just ended up, I mean, we've just always gotten along. You're just a cool guy, laid back, um, hard worker. And I think that's, I think that's a lot of why we've been able to get along so well. You know, we run into each other at the bars and every once in a while, um, more, more, more frequently back in the day when we, when we were at the bar more often, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, just just a good all around dude, and and um, you know Dylan and I, I think we were talking probably three or four months ago, and uh, maybe even a little bit longer. Gosh, it's, it seems maybe it has been a longer, but um, we, we we talked about the podcast, and I'm like Dylan, let's get you on here. I'd love to hear about your story, and um, you know it's inspiring to hear you know what what you've gone through and, and you know what you're doing with your life nowadays. So, um, yeah, Dylan, man. who are you, man? Where do you live? What's up? So I'll just kind of start from the beginning. I got all kinds of notes, and I probably won't even use them. But um, it's nice to have something to think about or ahead of time. Right. Um, I guess if I'm starting from the beginning to really know who I am, it starts from you know when I was born, and um, and it's kind of a catalyst of who I am now due to circumstance and the way I've changed. But uh, my biological father ended up not being a part of my life. Um. And so I had a different dad that raised me and growing up, uh, that was, you know, I, I felt like a lot of uh, rejection or, you know, like I wasn't good enough. And, and this isn't an indictment. On Just because your dad wasn't around? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like the biological parent not being around, feeling like you aren't good enough. And, you know, thank God we've reached out to each other in the last year and have a relationship now and been able to straighten wow. things out and learn about each other. Um, but for, you know, 26, 27 years of my life, it's just been this giant resentment, I guess. And again, it's not an indictment on them. They thought they were doing the right thing. I thought I was doing the right thing, but it turns out neither of us were doing the right thing. Um, wow. so I had, a, I had a dad that did raise me. Um, and down the road, he ended up passing away from cancer. So again, it was like this constant rejection. Like I wasn't good enough. I didn't deserve to have, you know, a father. So your biological mom found somebody and got married, right? And then, yep. And then, and then you're just saying that he he unfortunately passed from cancer. Mm -hmm. And then since then, you've been able to reconnect with your biological dad. Yeah, uh, wow. I mean, so. I was probably three when the biological parent left my life and the same time when my stepdad, who, you know, is my dad, came into my life. 
And then sure. he would have passed away when what, 2014, so almost 10 years now already, which is crazy to think about. And then in the last wow. year, I reconnected with my biological parent. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing for me growing up was rejection. You know, I was a bigger kid. I'm still, you know, a bigger guy. So I was bullied a lot. Um, I just never felt like I fit in. Um, and, you know, I'm no better or different than anybody else. There's all kinds of people that, you know, don't have a parent or a father figure or get bullied or whatever. Um, but it's just the adversity that I faced at that young of an age. And I can't choose what I go through, nor can anybody else. So that's why it's, you know, special to me. Um, yeah. But from an early age, it, it's just that rejection. Um, and I guess mistreatment from other kids, because I mean, kids are ruthless. I mean, even no, if it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man, it's relentless. Yeah. And I mean, you have kids now, so you're probably starting to see if they get old enough to get into like kindergarten or preschool or whatever. And it can be the simplest thing. And but, um, so that kind of got me started with my mindset of I just want to prove everyone wrong. Um, really? So, so, yeah. See, so that's great that you that you reframed it and took something bad and, and made it good, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's crazy because at a young age, I didn't see it as turning a negative into a positive. It was just, you know, kind of an anger thing or whatever. But right. Now that I'm older and wiser and can reflect on it, it all kind of makes sense because it kind of led me to where I'm at now. Um, yeah, nobody ever you know, sees it, you know, as we're going through it. I Same right. thing. I right. learned a lot through the, the crazy, crappy shit that I've, that I've had to go through. And nothing from what it sounds like what you've had to go through, Dylan. But, yeah, I mean, when you're going through it, it's like, what the hell? Why is this happening to me? Like, this is so unfair. Like, oh, my God, you know, what did I do to, to, to bring this on? But then, yeah, later on in life at least what I've realized is everything you go through enables you to go through more and like it, it yeah, it just makes it easier, right? Once you've been through something, you can go through it again. You, you've, you've proven to yourself that you can get through it. Right. And it's awesome that you say that because that's something that I'm using now as I'm starting to get into uh, long distance running. People are like, well, why oh, would you yeah. Like that's so hard. But to me, it's easy because I can use the stuff from my past and pain and go to this dark place and focus on that. Wow, that's awesome. Escape. Um, so yeah, I haven't so, thought about looking at it that way when I run. Like, hey, I've been through. Like, I've I've never thought about pain that way. Like, I've never associated the pain that I've like because because you know like for me, my parents when they got divorced, I remember going and down in my room and just crying. Like, those are some of my deepest and lowest days, right? But I've mm -hmm. and I've never thought about associating. Like me going through that pain with just the amount of pain that I'm going through when I'm running because when you it, I don't know if this is how you're doing it in your mind but to me going on a long distance run and running let's say it's seven eight miles which by the way I've never ran that far but um, I would think getting going through that pain pushing myself through it would be less pain than what I went through when I was in my room feeling like my life was ruined and you know just everything was stolen from me is that is right. that kind of what you're saying like when you run, like you're like, I've already been through harder. This is, I can get through this. Is that kind of what you're saying? 
Yeah, to me, there's nothing that will ever be... I shouldn't say ever. You know, losing my mom will be pretty tough whenever that day comes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In a way, like, to me, there's nothing. And it wasn't, you know, I don't think there's ever an easy death. But he didn't, you know, die in his sleep or something quick. It was a slow, degrading uh, time lapse of someone that he used to be to what he was before he passed away. And he was always this, you know, big, strong, you know, masculine father figure. And then he was a guy that I had to carry to the bathroom and, you know, help him, you know go to the bathroom and get him in the shower and clean him. Um, so yeah, you're exactly right. I use that as basically a mental block to, cause to me, and you know, there's obviously like, you know, David Goggins and, and Cameron Haynes and guys like that out there like that, that, you know, your mind is a muscle and you got to callous it and work it. And I see it no differently. They're on a whole nother level than me, but, you know, hey, I, is, I, I challenge myself or I think I can, I compare myself all the time, but I try to remind myself not to just don't, comp- I mean, you're, dude, you're a badass. Like just the fact that you're, that you went, that you went through that and you're applying it to your life. You're no different than them. You know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just in a position where they've created a following to where they, people, you know, everybody knows about what they do. I mean, you're, you're literally no different. And you know, I mean, yeah, those guys are insane in the fact that they do like ultra marathons and like hundred mile races and stuff like that. But with what you're doing right now, like you said, you were doing long distance running. Who knows? Maybe you're, maybe you'll be doing that stuff. I mean, so that they, is they've the got goal. twenty years on you. That is the goal. But there you go. Yeah, I think right after my dad passed away, I went on maybe a five or six mile run, and that was two thousand fifteen. And then so I why did you do that right after? Was that just your, was that your out or like, was it your, was that just to get your mind off everything? Yeah. So working out has always been like a salvation to me, uh, an escape. I always say when I'm going to the gym to lift weights and stuff, I'm going to kill my demons. Um, mm, I, like it, it. I mean, it just I like it it. keeps me sane and. It's funny how if you get up and work out, even if it's nothing crazy, some push-ups, sit-ups, bodyweight squats, a jog, even a walk, how much better you'll feel because you've already done so much or even just from a physical standpoint, your body starts to feel better from moving. Um, it does make yeah. a big difference for sure. Um, yeah. So anyways, and I, and I kind of got you off tangent there, no, that's uh, but that's fine. That's what's cool about this show is, you know, we just kind of talk about anything and everything um, around self-development and, and you know our lives and, and what brings us to where we are so um i'm sorry so you were you were saying um i'm sorry Dylan. where were we at there i was just saying that i had ran six miles right after my dad passed away and then i never ran that far really again until this spring uh i decided i was going to run a half marathon and I had some issues from COVID, which I won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but long story short, half my body was going numb last fall. And uh, <clears throat> so I didn't get any of the training in that I wanted to do. I wanted to be pretty prepared and ready to go. 
and I really only had like three weeks of training for this half marathon. It was like the last week of April, second to last week of April. Man, that's tough. So you decided three weeks before you were going to do it? No, I wanted to do it. Oh, it was probably around Christmas time, New Year's time. I was like, I'd heard oh, about it. Oh, you're saying your father passed and then you were like, I'm going to do this in three weeks. No, no, no. So that was back in 2014. I'm, I'm talking this year. So gotcha, about, gotcha. I'm this sorry. is like present day. Um, I'm just correlating how I'd ran that far and then never ran that far again. Um, and then going into the half marathon, I ended up only having like three, four weeks of training. <clears throat> and the first I ran That's was insane. one mile. I ran one mile. And, Before uh, the whole half marathon. Holy yeah. crap, dude. And then showed up and ran a half marathon. And the time wasn't what I wanted, but <clears throat> I had a goal. I didn't hit it. So then as I was running the race, another goal clicked. And it was just like, don't walk. Don't stop. Just keep on moving. No matter how slow you're moving, just keep on moving. And that's a total, um, I guess, mirror image of, of kind of what my mindset is in life. I don't care how slow I'm moving or anything, as long as I'm just moving forward and keep on going. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love that. So now this fall, the plan is to run. I think I'm going to go for a full marathon in Des Moines. I've been running two, dude, three dude. miles a day, so I'm just going to go for it, see what happens. And then when you say, I think, man, just sign up for that shit. And, 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 you know, you're not the kind of person that needs a pep talk, but so many people say, you know, I think I'm going to, and then they never get around to scheduling it. I, I actually, I was thinking about myself the other day. I'm, I've usually been the kind of person where I schedule a bunch of events out because for one, I like to look, I like to look forward to something that's good for me to mm -hmm. have something on my schedule. It, it just motivates me. But then two, isn't it true that if you don't schedule your time, it basically just gets spent. Like we all have intentions of self-improving and, and doing marathons or doing like, for instance, my buddies and I, we want to do the Bix at the end of July. We still haven't signed up. This is what I mean. Lately I haven't been doing the best about it, but it's true that if you want to really do something in life, you just need to take massive action and schedule it, get it on your schedule. And like, no. that's like, like if you're, if you really have your shit together, I, in my opinion, I think um, we should have our stuff scheduled out for like a year in advance. Like, the events, the main events, the stuff that we need to go to, to push ourselves forward to, you know, really harness our potential. And like I said, I'm fully admitting right now that I am not in full practice to this. I've just been, I've got a million irons in the, irons in the fire and it's been really hard for me to stay 100% focused. I'm just being real. I mean, there's just been a lot going on. So I've kind of gotten out of sync when it comes to events and going to things. But like what I was talking, like with your marathon, man, just, and like I said, I, I don't think you need a pep talk. This is more for anybody listening um, just schedule it, get it scheduled, get it on the paper. Um, cause, cause then if you don't, all of a sudden there's going to be an event that pops up and you're going to go to it. Or maybe the night before there's going to be an event that pops up, but if you have that thing on your calendar, you're, you're, you're going to plan around it and it's going to, it's going to happen. Just my two cents. Like I said, I'm kind of a hypocrite because I haven't been fully using that, but anyway, right so you, you want to do a full marathon at the end in, in the fall. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it, that will be tough because, um, I mean, I had no idea what I was getting myself into with the half marathon. I started out the gate with the front of the pack with all these guys and girls, for that matter, that ran it in an hour and a half. And just slowly but surely, I just started falling back. And I was like, I can't keep this pace. I'm going to 
somebody's gonna scrape me off the road. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I hear you, man. Oh, it's it's brutal. But I ran a five k a few weeks ago, and same thing. Yeah. See, in a guy that I work with for teaching, he's like, "So did you run a five k or something to practice for the half marathon?" I was like, "No." He's like, "You're out of your mind." Uh, but yeah, I have full intentions to uh, run that run that race um, in the fall. It's just I'm debating on whether I want to do another half marathon or a full marathon. And I'm leaning towards full. No matter what, I'm running something. But uh, but I agree with what you're saying. You just got to you know sign up for it, schedule it, and do it. Because for me, it holds me yeah. accountable, accountability of having that goal in mind and working towards something. So training yeah. for it. Yeah, for sure. So you're so really everything in your life up until now, all the struggle, everything is, is enabled you. Well, in some sort, like running was your out or it was like your place to go and just be free and, and think to yourself, right. Or, or just like you said, you fight your demons. Um, and, 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 and do you think that's why you're able to, is, is that why you're so into running and why you're trying to make that such a part of your life now? Um, a little bit. So, um, there's been more adversity in my life, obviously. Uh, one of the biggest things I always wanted to do was play college football. Um, and that didn't pan out. And that was a hard pill to swallow because I kept on trying no matter what. I didn't care if I had to walk on. I didn't care if I didn't start, play, whatever. I just you know, wanted to be on the team. Uh, and, you know, be a part of a group of guys. <clears throat> and, you know, I just love the sport. And it didn't work out. My body kept on telling me no, even though my mind was, or maybe my heart even more, was telling me yes. Um, because, again, that just working out and, I don't know, the camaraderie of being in a gym with guys, that's something that's always been a part of my life. And um, Sure. It was never yeah, really running. A lot of people Because... You know, the weightlifting aspect, I think, got started probably when I was like four or five. I saw Terminator 2 with my mom and dad. <clears throat> and uh, when I saw Arnold, it was just, I mean, I mean, he's the background on my laptop. <laughs> I mean, that dude, what he's done, flaws and all, I mean, it would take most people 15 lifetimes to do what he's done. So, uh, yeah, so that's probably where the start of that has been in terms of weightlifting and working out. Um, but it's just been, I've been plagued with injuries. Uh, so in high school, I blew my knee out and had to have pretty serious knee surgery. And that was probably when I should have uh, read the silver lining that, you know, football isn't going to work, but I just, I wanted it so bad and kept on fighting towards it. Yeah. You were um, passionate. You were, you were, you really wanted to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And around the same time as when, uh, you know, my dad passed away and, and I was going to school and he got sick, community college, and uh, quit school and was working full time and helping them pay bills and stuff like the mortgage because my mom couldn't go to work. She was, you know, home care for my dad because he didn't want to be in a hospital. Uh, and after he passed, you know, I was like, I want to get my degree finished what I started. Uh, and he always told me, you know, I don't care what you do in life. I just don't want you to do what I did for a living. He was like a, a commercial roofer. 
So, like, he put a, a lot of the Menards's in the Midwest. He put the roofs on those. And, uh, okay. So, yeah, he was always pretty proud of that. So, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I was like, I'm going to get my degree. Uh, and even at a young age, I, didn't, I never knew what exactly I wanted to do, but I always wanted to have my own business, something that was mine, that if it failed, it was on me. If it succeeded, it was on me good or bad it was just it was all on me on mine complete ownership um just american dream right i mean it's yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's it's like the most sought after thing i think you know to be able to run your own business and yeah it's 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 pretty amazing for sure so good for you for going after that so you you got all the way through college um and obviously went through some hardship during that so kudos to you by the way that's amazing I had no idea. That's when we met. I had no idea all that was going on. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, when I was at you and I, and we met, I can't remember exactly what class it was, but it was definitely yeah, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, you don't remember what yeah. class. It's like, I def- if you don't remember what class it was, it's like you definitely don't remember what you learned in that class. It's like yeah. college is so, is so, it's such a joke. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, sorry. So I was, you know, I was like, I need to get a business degree of some sort. So, you know, I could use that to parlay into my own business. Um, and I've always been good at math. So I went down the financial management route. Um, <clears throat> And it was around this time, uh, I met somebody that in a class as well that was, uh, he was in the Marine Corps and then was going to the Navy. And it kind of got my mind rolling about the Navy and I have family members that were in the Navy. And then my grandpa and his brother were, uh, to me, World War II heroes. Uh, my grandpa was got oh, a Purple yeah. Heart, two Bronze Stars in World War II and his brother was a POW in a Nazi camp and escaped. Oh, wow. Um, Holy shit. So I was like, you know, it's in my blood to, you know, serve. I'll just do that. Like, that just seems like the logical thing to do. It's not my own business, but, you know, if I can go from college to that and, and, you know, do something in my life, that'd be awesome. So then that's what I was working towards. Um, and I was like, you know, I couldn't be a college football player, but what would the equivalent be in the Navy? And I was like, well, Navy SEALs. And everyone kept on telling me, like, oh, you, you know, you can't do it. You know, it's so rare. It's so hard. The attrition rate. And it's true. All those things are true. But that just made me want it even more. Again, it was like this rejection. You can't do it. This common theme that's gone on through my whole life. So that's why I started working towards I got accepted into the Navy, did all that stuff um, right after I graduated. And then uh, I was into late entry because I was helping my mom uh, remodel her house. And uh, so I was running on my own, working out, and boom, tore my Achilles tendon. And uh, so then the Navy was like, you know, that's pretty tough, you know, if you came back and something happened again, you'd get a medical and we'd have to discharge you. So would you rather do that down the road or just we send you packing now? And I was like, I don't know how long this is going to take to heal. 
I don't want you guys to <clears throat> invest any more in me. And, you know, by the time this is all healed, like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be at physically or mentally. So let's just, you know, yeah. our days and call it that. So that's uh, where the, another dream got crushed and I had a little bit of failure and setbacks. And uh, that was tough. But I was like, well, I got that business degree. I can fall back on it. And, yeah. yep. you know, I didn't have the best grades. I was probably the living embodiment of uh, C's get you to de uh, degrees or however that saying goes. Um, and it's not a lack <laughs> of trying, but it's just that's not how I learn. I've never been a book student or a memorizer or whatever. Um, I'm more hands on and practical. So I'm with you. The my uh, claim to fame is I applied to like 65 jobs in the eastern Iowa area, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, Waterloo, Cedar Falls. And I got one interview and uh, didn't get the job. So I was like, well, business obviously isn't going to work <laughs> out for me because, um, you know, I don't know what more I can do than that. But I kind of, I mean, I was applying to jobs that <clears throat> I was overqualified for, underqualified for, you name it. And um, that led me to running into somebody that asked me how, what I was up to. And he said, you still don't have a job after all this school and whatever. Cause he kind of knew what I'd been through with my dad and school and all that. And I was like, no. <clears throat> and he's like, you should tr try welding. And uh, I was like, man, I did it in high school my freshman year and hated it. Cause it was, you know, I didn't have the best teacher and the equipment was poor and just the setup was outdated and, it was what it was, but I just kept it in the back of my head and uh, time went on and, you know, I was talking to my mom and, you know, at this point I felt like a loser. I'm living in my mom's basement, uh, out of college, no job. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, the only other, you know, thing I think I have is a try welding school. And she's like, well, you'd probably be good at it. You've always, you know, worked with your hands or whatever. And. She's like, when does it start? And I was like, I think classes start, you know, when they normally do in August. And she's like, that's like in two weeks. So I was like, well, I guess I better get the ball rolling. So I think yeah. later <laughs> I had an orientation or whatever and signed up for classes. And next thing I know, I was off at a place I'd never been to. And, uh, well, wow, man, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a struggle at first because I felt like a fish out of water. Um, just being like in a night class and having to drive and just the way it was set up was what I wasn't used to. I was used to like being in a classroom and lectures. And it's not that, that was a bad thing. This is everything that I always wanted. It was all hands on. And the first class I had, the teacher wasn't the best. So I was like, oh man, here we go again, just like in high school. <laughs> But what do I get I, myself into? Yeah, right. So I just kept on working at it and slowly but surely I just started picking things up. And uh, I got through that first class with that teacher and had a, had a different teacher. He was way better. And then boom, just a light bulb went off and it clicked. And I was just like, holy shit, this is what I was meant to do the whole time. It took me forever oh, to find wow. it. Like I found it like there's no other way that's beautiful man yeah like in it <clears throat> looking back on it 
you know, there really is no other way. If I wouldn't have gone through everything that I went through, I would have never gotten to that point because I was at my last option, crossroads, whatever you want to call it. If everything would have went my way, if my dad was still alive, you know, I wouldn't be where I was at. And yeah, uh, yeah that got me into welding school and it's basically like a straight A student, uh, head of the class, got a half scholarship. The second year was fully paid for. Um, you know, and that's stuff I'd never, yeah, that's stuff I'd never experienced before. You know, I was never a great student. I wasn't bad, but you know, B's, few A's, few C's, nothing crazy. So yeah, that got me to welding. Um, and then once that kind of started to pick up, I was like, okay, I found what my calling was. I think I can parlay this into that business degree. And I know what my business can be finally after all this time. Then it was just a matter of how do I do it? When do I do it? And so on and so forth. <clears throat> but then, so is this the point when you started Kef's Customs, the welding shop? Uh, not quite. So uh, I finished welding school and then I got a welding job up here in Cedar Falls. And that was when I had my first, uh, you know, setback in welding. And I was just like, oh man, like, you know, I started doubting myself. Um, I enjoyed making what, you know, the company made. And I won't say the company, just so I don't burn any bridges or whatever. I think they know that I uh, was ready to leave there when I left. Um, but just a very, like, good people there, but a toxic culture. Um, and it's pretty hard to rally the troops when you have that real toxic environment going on and get stuff done. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just, you know, I can tell when somebody's giving me a bad time or being an asshole, uh, just because I've always been bullied and I'm a pretty sarcastic guy and like to joke around. And a lot of guys there were like, oh, college boy, degree in welding, you think you know it all, like, you're the big shot, let's see what you got. And, you know, I was good, uh, and I don't think they liked that, but they always gave me a bad time, and, you know, I got accused of stealing and stuff there, and, and you know, oh, a, lot of things in, a lot of things in life, but I'm not a thief. Um, and if sure. I did take something, so, I'd be so like, not yeah, the best first experience. No. And, you know, I hated my job. And this is like right when COVID's starting. So <clears throat> all that stuff's going on. And, you know, the gyms are closed. So I don't have that escape um, to go lift weights and everything. I have, you know, a lot at home. Excuse me. And uh, so I was like, you know, maybe welding isn't for me. I started doubting myself. And uh, uh, luckily I... You know, I have a pretty good support team behind me uh, with my mom and, and my wife. And um, they're like, you know, you want to do your own business. Um, at some point, you need to just make the leap and do it. Get out of that place before it wears you into powder. Um, yeah, right. And I was like, I, I get that. I agree with you guys. But, you know, we got expenses and bills. And then all of a sudden... Uh, I get a phone call from a guy that taught me at Kirkwood for welding that was like the head of the program. 
and he's like, hey, would you be interested in teaching welding? I was like, you know, I've never thought about it. I'm not a teacher. I've coached football before. I volunteered coaching. Um, and that was all right. But I've never, like, taught in a classroom setting. And he's like, oh, oh so I this, think... The phone just rings with an opportunity to go teach people. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was pretty on board with it because, you know, they told me hours and um, what it entailed and uh, compensation, which, you know, I everyone's like, oh, you just do it for the money. And it's like, no, I enjoy what I'm doing. But, yeah, like, I have bills just like you, man. Like, I got to pay the mortgage. I got to pay my taxes. So, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, I just, I've never understood that saying, you know, oh, you do it just for the money or must be nice, the campaign saying. Uh, but anyway, um, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I went and did an interview with them after I left work at this other job. And they told me I wouldn't start until April 1st of that year. And it was probably February at that time. And, you know, the wife and I, well, girlfriend at the time, talked and, you know, should I quit? Should I stay? Do we have enough money? What do you think? Because I'm definitely going to do the teaching thing. And she's like, we'll get through it. You need to quit. So the next day I went in, put in my two weeks. And then I was out of there. And then luckily I... So at this time, were you just teaching or did you already have like the logo and the Kev's Customs idea? Did you have like your own equipment yet to be able to weld? For hire, that kind of stuff? Uh, I had bought a welder a few months before in gas, but I hadn't done um, anything else. Uh, okay. The, I think cool. I... So, so you quit the job? Yeah. So it was like right when I quit the job, either before or right when I did, was when I started like coming up with the logo and everything. Um, and... And remind me to talk about that logo because it's pretty important for what it is. Um, and then once I was done working there, I had a part-time job that worked with me when I was in welding school and as a family friend, which I still work at now um, while I'm getting this business thing going. And that kind of helped us get bridge that gap till I started teaching and been doing both those since. And the biggest thing I've noticed with teaching is uh, the, the leadership aspect. I never saw myself as a leader. Not that, you know, I was always a follower, but the ability to take these students that are anywhere from 18 to 45, and they have all different backgrounds, ethnicity, um, economic, intelligence, schooling, you name it, uh, criminal backgrounds, and get them all to work together as a team because I try to get the class to be a lot like a, a work setting. I make it fun, but you know, you guys are trying to do this to go get a job, so I want you to have realistic yeah. expectations. Damn and right. That's been a challenge, and it seems like every time I get done with the class, I go back to the drawing board and I edit my syllabus, I edit you know my notes, how I do stuff. Um, so yeah, just that leadership of being able to take this big like potluck and cast of characters and get them to do what I want them to do. Um, Good for you, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been enlightening because there's people that 
you can kind of tell they're not super committed. They're just doing it to say they did it, which is fine. You know, I can't make them want it any more than what they want it. But then there's people where you can see that, like, this is actually changing their life. And they're going to go get a job. They have some skill and a work ethic. Yeah. And they're going to get, you know, more, a better paycheck for their family, feed their family or whatever. And to me, that's so gratifying on top of sure. being able to do everything that I, else that I am doing with my own business. So it, that's been a, a blessing, to say the least. No, and you're definitely a, a great leader. You know, you care about improving. Like you said, you go back and edit the syllabus and are constantly taking notes on how to properly handle everybody and, you know, teach things the right way. I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, it's it's sad. There's um, you, you probably find that more in the trades. You, you might find that less in the more mindy, um, like, you know, like some of the classes we took in the business school where the teachers are literally just teach them from the textbook. They don't give a shit. They just give you hard ass tests. They don't, they don't, you know, they, they barely even care if you answer questions or ask questions. They just want to lecture you and you're out the door, you know, where right. I've found at least, at least in high school, I didn't take many um, trade classes in college. No, nothing against it. That's just not what I was doing. Um, but I remember they were just, it just seems like you find more of those teachers who are actually into really pouring into the students just because it's like a, I think, I think it's because it's a skill and like, it's easy to know when that person leaves, like in woodworking or autos, if they don't know how to do anything, because in that class, you literally have to learn how to do it with your hands. Right. Or, right. or like, it's just easy to know if they don't leave with the skill. Um, it's, I guess kind of what I'm trying to say and, and not, not to bash other teachers either. Cause I know there's other like, language arts and science and history teachers that and, and and what I was more or less originally referring to like business teachers that do care but there are quite a few more I think that don't you know compared in, in the skilled trades compared to the skilled trades anyways but, yeah I agree um so yeah so, sorry go ahead man uh yeah one of my best teachers in high school was a, a trades teacher industrial tech whatever and I'm still pretty close with him now Same. And uh, just a great guy, and he actually made us this awesome custom like wine box for the, our wedding. And mm. she thought he bought it, and I was like, no, like he handmade that. It's just, it's insane. I'll send you pictures of it. It's <laughs> wow. But it's just like it's that cool. kind of skill and, and passion, and I guess care, because like you could tell even at. 15, 16, 17, when you thought you knew it all, but you really didn't, that, like, this guy cares. He's, like, really trying to teach you something, not just here's the information, learn it, here's the test. And so I kind of use that as a mold for what I'm doing, more or less, or an outline, I guess. Awesome. Like, I'm not trying to trick the, the students. You know, I actually want them to learn it and be able to use the stuff to apply to whether it's a welding job they get or something else, because... I've had students that come through the class and they're pretty good at welding, but they end up not getting a welding job. They get a job doing something else. And so hopefully they can take something from it. Yeah. Right. Well, I would, I would think they'd be able to take a lot from it. I mean, like you said, if they're not doing it professionally, it's still one of those things where it's an amazing thing to, um, to know any, any trade. I, I think, I think it should be more, um, I haven't, I haven't, I don't remember when I was talking about this, but sometime recently I was 
talking to, I think it was a high school buddy about just how auto trades, wood trades, welding trades, all that. I mean, welding is kind of more specific. Even woodwork's kind of more specific, but like autos, I think should be, should be mandatory because everybody drives a car, right? And you hear mm-hmm. people getting screwed all the time by the mechanics, um, charging way too much or doing things that don't need to be fixed or whatever. Um, but then like woods, like for instance, I own rental properties. I've with my business, I've had to use, do woodwork. If I didn't do those certain classes, I wouldn't have been as able. The skills that I learned in those classes have enabled me to be more able out in the, in my life, which, which makes it less, it, it, it takes fewer resources, external resources to get everything done that I need to get done. And which makes it easier to get things done allows you to build a faster more and more momentum because you're you're able to self-perform things i mean now sure now that we've got a few properties we hire some things out but when you're trying to get going it's the more able you are the better like sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll think about what it would be like to be stuck on an island for the rest of your life and it's like some people will be screwed some people don't know how to cook they don't know how to clean they don't know how to build they don't you know all these different things like the more able you are um, you, you know, if you think about it, if you're stranded on an island, um, the better off you are, the more able you're going to be on this earth, too. So that, that's it's it's definitely worth it. And I admire you for being passionate about giving back and um, teaching other people how to do it. You know, and like you said, there's there's a whole array of different people that you're teaching from, you know, older adults that have their shit together to teenagers that are just out of high school. Like it's it's that's amazing. And I'm, and I'm sure it's difficult at times, but how do you how do you keep yourself sane when it when things get go a little crazy? Um, like like if a, if a student's kind of just being like a pain in the ass type deal, you know what I mean? So the way I've um, the biggest thing I do is I make it a point in class if there's something that I ask them to do, whether it's. Uh, book work, like coming to class prepared, having read something or uh, getting in a booth and welding or cleaning or moving something or do whatever, like I will go do it as well. I'll be right in there with them, helping them or being prepared. By example. Yep. So I'm not asking them to do anything that I want to do myself. So then that way I kind of put it on them. If they're going to be difficult, then, you know, there's a quote that um, you've probably heard it, maybe some people haven't. Um, and I think it's really relevant to some people. Uh, it kind of opens their eyes, I guess. But if everywhere you go, it smells like shit, it's probably you, that one. Have you heard mm, that? I haven't heard that one, no. Yeah, so if yeah. everywhere you go, you're finding something bad or all the, you know, this is dumb or like negative negativity, I guess, or always find a problem in something, it's, yeah, there, there could be a chance that you've had a few things in a row that, you know, don't work out, you know. I mean, look at me. I've had all these failures, but if yeah, it's right. always that negative outlook, it's probably you. So I kind of... outlook make, thing, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah 100%. Even if, that even if crappy stuff's happening to us, sometimes, like, we need to train ourselves to find the silver lining. Like, what is good from this? Like, and I, and I get it. It's hard. Like, dude, you went through some crazy stuff. It'd be really hard, you know, um, to, to find the silver lining in that stuff. But now going now and like, I'm sure you missed the hell out of your stepdad, you know, and like you said, you're he's basically your real dad. He, he, he brought you up. But mm-hmm. like 
can you admit that you've grown and that you've become a stronger man and you've, 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 you've probably been able to do great more in your life now because of the situation that you had to go through losing your father. I mean, as, and, and maybe that's so hard to admit, but it's, and it's, and it's, and, and that's a hard question to answer, but do you see what I'm saying? Like you've, yeah. there's, there's good that's come from it. Yeah, no, there's definitely been good that's come from it. And it was, it was tough to uh, see that at first. I mean, I even had to like go get therapy because I always thought, you know, oh, I'm sure. this, like stonewall, show no emotion. I got to be the rock that, you know, kind of holds the family together. And my family is already kind of dysfunctional. But um, every family is. Right. And so, yeah. so <laughs> it, uh, it was kind of an, a moment where, you know, my dad passing away showed like the true colors of some people. And I just, you know, kind of mm. had to go my own way. I can't cater and support everyone else. I got to take care of me and my mom to a certain extent because she had to keep on remind me, you know, like you got to go do your thing. I can take care of myself. Um, but yeah, no, well, definitely good that came from that. And I was 21 when he passed away, but you know, I went from 21 to like 45. Like I had to become yeah. a man. And, you know, I certainly, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. And after that, I still had fun and did dumb stuff. But it was just the approach to life that, uh, you know, I guess my eyes were open to how fragile our time is here. Because he was only 49 when he passed away. So a lot of people, and I'm even guilty of it, sometimes just we go through the motions whether it's a slow yeah. day or you know it's hot out or you're tired or whatever and you go through the motions and man like it was a crappy day but you're going home from work and you could get hit and that's all she wrote and you wasted that day and you know you never know um wow and no, so that's that's deep man <clears throat> that uh was a lesson i had to learn at a pretty young age and Again, I, I got to keep on saying this because it's so true. I don't think I'm any better than anybody else, but maybe I'm more relatable than some other people. Um, and everything that's, you know, happened in my past that's been bad, <clears throat> I don't hold, like, you know, ill will towards people that bullied me or that I had a falling out with. You know, it just it kind of is what it is. Um, there's a George Strait song called uh, Easy Come, Easy Go. I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, for sure. I couldn't so, sing it, but he is for sure. Yeah, I couldn't sing it either. <laughs> um, but that's just you know, the way I've I've tried to start taking things, um, just kind of let it roll off my back. You know, it is what it is. It didn't work out. You just got to keep on moving forward. You know, it's not your fault. It's well, not the other fault. Like. Before we continue, I'd like to take a moment to share something I'm passionate about with you. If you're someone who is constantly striving for personal growth and loves surrounding yourself with other motivated individuals, you're going to want to hear about this. Check out growthgroupinc.com. This is an exclusive community made up of high achievers and dynamic entrepreneurs just like you. It's a space where like-minded individuals come together, collaborate, and support each other on their own journey to success. Growth Group is more than just a community. It's a collective mindset, a commitment to getting better every single day. We believe in the power of connection, 
collaboration, and constant growth. And we're confident that being part of this community will give you an unparalleled advantage on your path to success. So take a moment, visit growthgroupincorporated.com and join us as we elevate our lives together. Trust me, this is one investment in your future you will not regret. Now, let's get back to our conversation. It is what it is, but, and, and, and I, and I, that's so freaking right. I mean, it, it literally, your, your, your past is, it is what it is, but even, and I, I challenge somebody to even look into it even deeper maybe because I, I truly believe our past, everything in life is there to serve us. Um, you know, it, it, like we mentioned earlier, you know, it, at, when you're going through it, it doesn't seem that way sometimes. Uh, but it's, you know, it's like everybody always says hindsight 2020, which unless you really dig deep into a situation, you might not completely understand how it serves you or whatever, but that's why I think it's worth thinking that way. Like adapting the mindset of like everything is there to service because then you can, then it, then it forces you to find how you can be positive from something that was negative. Um, I say it all the time and I feel like I'm a broken record, but it's like, how can we learn from this situation or like, how could we have prevented it? Or like, like, let's say like, you know, I'm going to use your, your father, um, passing away for, as an example. And, and this, this is, this is, I doubt this is something you learn, but like, let's say you, you, you lose, or just, you lose somebody really close in your life. Right. And, and they, and you like your father-in-law, they, they were 49 when they passed. It's like, like you said, life is really precious. So be, because they passed, I, maybe somebody would learn that, okay, let's really be present with our loved ones. Like when we're, you know, like when, 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 when we're driving down the road and, and that thought comes into our mind, Hey, I should call my mom. And, and even though it's, instead of just not doing it and just turning the radio up, freaking do it, pick up the phone and call your mom. Or like, like when, when, you know, when somebody after a graduation event in front of the venues wanting to talk to you, but you're in a hurry to get out of there, instead of getting a hurry, getting in a hurry and cutting the conversation, like take the moment right there and talk with them and, and be present and hear them out and just, be grateful that you have that opportunity to talk with them because you don't know when they, when their life might be taken. Right. It's just like, how can we take anything in our lives that was neck that was negative and, and figure out a way to be positive and just using that mindset. It's kind of like, it's almost like you create like this machine. Okay. Imagine your, your thoughts are like a machine, right? And you just put your thoughts through the machine and then you get an outcome, you know, and you just build, you, you write the code of this machine to, to force it to look at this situation from a positive point of view. And then you just take that and move forward. And, and the whole thought is, is like, yeah, bad stuff's going to happen to us in, in our lives. Um, but as long as we constantly are always using that approach on everything, we're going to move forward over time, you know, and we're going to be able to keep that hard, you know, hardcore mindset that will keep us in a more positive state and more energized and more just grateful and, and joyful and which will just allow us to show up better in our lives and just be better all around. And, and that's, that's ultimately the goal, right? Is to be happy and fulfilled and passionate and excited and energetic all at the same time for as much time as our lives as we can, right? We don't want to be bogged down by all the bullshit. So it's just, it's so important that we adapt those, that mindset. You know, yeah, what, no, what's, what's everything is here to serve us. So there's a, uh, so Slipknot is a pretty uh, big band to me. 
obviously they're from Iowa. Uh, and one of the members, Clown is his stage name. Um, he had an interview, um, oh God, it's probably been 10, 12 years ago. And it was about what you just said, like being present and, you know, uh, he lost his parents when he was still pretty young, probably in his 30s, which uh, <clears throat> is, you know, I wish I could have that much more time with my dad, but that's still a young age. Yeah, really totally. And uh, right. he was just saying, you know, there's so many times he could have just went and, you know, sat and drank coffee with his dad or called his mom and, you know, talked to her and asked how she was doing. And he's like, yeah. oh, it would take 20 minutes here and 20 minutes there. And next thing you know, it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and then they're gone. All, and all it would have taken was 20 minutes. And that was like his hit home point in the little interview. And it was just like, that's, that's so true. That's, I mean, 20 minutes is nothing compared to, you know, never having that opportunity ever again, yeah. whether it's mom, dad, you know, whoever, but Anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's awesome that you said it. Cause that's almost like, his exact message, you just said it a little differently. So yeah, being present and just for sure being around someone and, you know, checking in on them or whatever, even <clears throat> however you got to get it to come across. Cause sometimes if you haven't talked to somebody in a while and you reach out, you know, instantly and I'm guilty of it, I'm like, okay, what do they want? You know, I haven't heard yeah. from you. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. What are you trying to do? Um, <laughs> Something I've done I've and I, and I'm, once again, here I am highlighting all my flaws. I, I, uh, I, I, I try to consistently. And, and when I, when I get to where I'm doing my daily routine every single day, the exact same way I do pretty good at this, but like I've admitted, I'm not, I haven't been doing as good lately, but what I like to do is send a text to, you know, one or two friends, you know, that I haven't talked to in a while and just say, and, and I'm not the kind of person where I like copy and paste the same exact message to everybody. You know, I, I screw that. But I'll just say, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. And depending on who it is, I'll say a personalized comment, you know, and it's just worth And then it's just like kind of checking in. And um, I, I just think that's so important because then it kind of keeps the link between everybody connected. I think it's natural. At least I catch myself doing it when I don't hear from somebody for a while or I don't, you know, whatever. I, I start to think and it's. I don't know. For me, it's different because I grew and maybe it's the same for you, too. But I moved away from where I grew up during high school. So, like, there's a big there's a large group of friends where it's like when you don't see people for a while or hear from them, you start to think that, like, you're no longer friends and everything. You know, it's just like, oh, we're no longer we don't associate with each other. It's just it's just too easy to grow apart. And so I, just by doing that quick exercise of just sending out a message saying, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I'm rooting for you. You know, how, how are you doing? What do you got? What's exciting in your life right now? Is there anything I can do to help? You know, just blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's not blah, blah, blah. It's truly, it's purposeful, right? But it's just a, mm -hmm. it's just a great way to just catch up. And, um, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about, about like, you know, we don't know when people are going to be taken off this earth. And, and one of the common things I've really started to identify over the last couple of years is love each other. Like, I, I really believe that as humans, um, as inhabitants of earth, where our, our job and as and, and as children of God, our job is to love each other, like to be here and, you know, and, and just 
you know, love is in all comes in all different kinds of forms, you know, just holding the door for somebody or like I was saying earlier, just having a conversation with somebody and being present and actually listening to them and asking questions that they, that allows them to know that you're actually into them and that you're interested in what they're talking about. And just, you know, just little things like just just loving each other. It's just so small things. It, it's just so easy. Right. Yeah. And I've always been like a. Um, oh, I can't even think of what they're called, but there's like uh, one of them is acts of service. And that's kind of what I've always been. So like. Um, so this is kind of a outlier of an example, but back in 2011 there was this big windstorm that went through my hometown it was like it's a rachel or whatever and yeah uh, my dad and i had cut up all the wood in our on our property and helped a couple neighbors and uh we were out driving around and we went by the cemetery in my hometown and uh he's just like well why don't we go in there and see if they need some help because there was like some headstones that had knocked over and some down limbs and whatnot. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, why not? And so we go in there and sure enough, he's like, yeah, if you guys want to help, like, I'd love it. I've been, you know, out here working for like the last four days straight, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. And, uh, we cut up some wood or whatever. And then there was some uh, headstones that were knocked down. And I mean, yeah. And, it doesn't have to, you know, be actually saying, you know, like, I love you, man, but us right, just going right. out of our way to help that, you know, caretaker of the cemetery get some stuff picked up and put back in place and whatever, like, you know, when we didn't have to, um, just being able to do that for someone, I mean, it might, the way I always like to look at it is it might not mean a lot to you, but it'll mean everything to them. And mm. That's true. I mean, because I felt good about it, but it just, to me, I felt like, you know, I was just taking my dad's lead. Like, we're helping somebody out. We got our stuff taken care of. Let's go see who we can help. Um, You know, I just thought of something, Dylan. You just caused me to think of this. Um, Because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why is love, why do I use that word so much? And why does, why is that the word that I, that I, that it boils down to? And, and, you know, there's other things like compassion and, um, you know, just to be caring. But the pro- the thing about being compassionate to somebody or being caring to somebody, um, a lot of times people do it because they think that they're, they should. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're caring or they're compassionate or they do something for somebody because they think because they think they should, or maybe because they want to be seen as that person that's doing it, or maybe they, they want to even be seen by God as that person who's doing it so that they get into heaven. It's kind of like a selfish reasoning, right? Mm-hmm. In a way, cause you're kind of doing it for yourself in a way, because you're, you, you follow me. It's, it's just, it's, it's yeah. like, it's, it's still amazing. It's a good thing to be, but unfortunately there's a lot of people that just do things for the reasoning of themselves being a good person, which is important, but, it's all, but you also just want to do it for the general reason of being good and wanting to be somebody who contributes to society, right? Well, the thing about love is, I can't, and I, and that's what I was just thinking about so deeply. I can't think of any situation where somebody would, where somebody loving somebody, and I mean truly loving them, like I'm saying, like, like 
to the point where it's just like they you 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 love who just that they're another person they're a human they they have feelings they have potential they you know they're just they're they're capable of thought they're 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 just it's just it's just beautiful specimen right right in front of you it's like you're just a, you're just beautiful it's like it's life it's it's just it's i love you there's nothing self self selfish about that it's just it's like it's like there's there's not there's it's just pure form of like not i almost want to say i almost said love but that's using the same word i mean it's just it's pure right it's there's mm-hmm. no way to be selfish about it and I, and i think there's something really beautiful in that yeah i i, I think i've just, I, I just and i've just identified that for myself which i'm grateful for because i like i said i i say that all the time that i think our go- our, our job is to love each other yeah to me since i'm more of a like an act of service person um to me, it's kind of easier to read people. Um, not that, you know, I'm this big expert, but like, if I know that I'm doing something and act for someone and I expect nothing in return, I can tell when someone else is doing it and they want something in return, whether it's a tangible thing yeah. or gratif- even if it's just gratification, like, oh, that makes me feel better. Um, it's kind of easy to spot. And, and again, at least they're doing something positive, but... Exactly. And that's what I, hundred percent, I'm not trying to make it seem like that's bad, but, but it's, it's almost like good and great. Right. It's like, I think as a, as a person, you want to, you want to be a person who values being that person who gives. And so, you know, I think it's normal to feel good about or to want to feel good about it and to Mm -hmm. do it for those reasons that like, it's like, okay, what am I, what are you doing Saturday? It's like, Oh, do you want to come help? It's like, Oh, that'd be a good thing for me to do. You know, it's like, that's, that's good. That's that's awesome, but I think that the next level of emotional intelligence is like, yeah, I'm doing it just because I want to be. Love, you know what I mean? I think we're on the same page there. That's yeah, it's, and it's it's yeah. deep. It's it's freaking amazing that we're having these conversations and that we're figuring this stuff out. You know, at a young age, and 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 hopefully the li- any listeners of all ages can take this and hopefully either agree with it or maybe it's new information and, and you're like, wow, this is, this is good stuff. Cause there's something about going through life, living true, like truly for like with the intent to, to contribute more than what you take, you know, and, yeah. and to not be like, so yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It, it, it I gives think you more I was lucky. energy. I think I was lucky because even though my grandparents passed away when I was fairly young, my grandpa, my mom's dad passed away when I was four and then her mom passed away when I was eight. I still have that little bit of time that I had with them and they were from just a different era, you know, the world's greatest generation, they call it. And um, I remember being really young, uh, I was probably six or seven and during thanksgiving my grandma and aunt took me to this place uh to go deliver and hand out meals to people whether they're elderly or less fortunate or whatever and sure i didn't want i didn't want to do that you know i was a a six or seven year old Uh, i thought it was you know pointless you know why can't they get their own food um or have their own meal or why don't they have a family to go eat with or something i just i didn't you know i didn't 
it didn't make any sense to me. Um, and they kind of explain it to me, you know, not everybody is as fortunate as, you know, you are, or we are. Um, yeah, so we're, totally. we're giving them this, you know, ability to enjoy Thanksgiving and have a meal and, and be thankful for something. Uh, so to me, I was lucky that I had, I guess this, these role models or leadership from those grandparents at such a young age. And when I was that young and even a little bit older, like a teenager, it didn't make any sense to me. But again, you get older and you kind of reflect back on things in your life or go through like the Rolodex of events or memories in your life. And I'm not dwelling on these things, but I just sit back and think and, and I kind of relearn it, like relive the experience and relearn it and, I guess, reapply it to what I'm going through in present day. Yeah. And it helps you. Yeah. Yeah. It helps you like know how to to handle your reactions to things. The bait. Cause like I can, when I was, um, it was like when my parents were like first, like when, when like the divorce was going on pretty intense and like, I was probably in like sixth grade. And I remember, um, I don't remember what class it was in. I just, I remember being in the class and just like, wanting to cry um and and just having just a terrible day like i just like going to school was scary because i i was i had so many emotions going through my mind at that point that i knew i would i basically just had to get through it like it was just like i literally just need to get through and then at that time like you which i didn't get taunted as near as bad as some kids thankfully but um i was like getting called like the giraffe like i was like the tallest kid in my grade um, which I'm grateful for now being tall, right? That's a funny thing. But at that time I was like, I remember coming home and crying and, um, just, just being really sad and, and, and then having people taunt me or just having every, any little thing affect me. Um, it, it gave me the perspective to, to under, understand that other people are going through those things. Like there's people like you could go right now down to Walmart and there's somebody walking around pushing a shopping cart that, you know, is going through a divorce with their significant other. Or, you know, if you go to the schools right now, you know, unfortunately, divorce is so prevalent. There's kids in, in, the, in the classrooms doing going through the exact same experiences I'm talking to you about right now, where they're at home, their parents aren't getting along, they're facing divorce. They, you know, God forbid the cops show up because their parents are arguing and it gets out of hand. Like, there's terrible shit, right? But but th- those those experiences allowed me to realize that that's what that's how real life is and how like you just have to treat everybody with respect and everybody kindly and and, and just you know it's it's you'd never know and, and now maybe as an employer maybe i'm more understanding or like if somebody's not performing i'm not quick to jump the gun like hey why aren't you what's going on like why aren't you doing work like you should be right maybe you 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 learn to have that extra perspective that like, okay, maybe things outside of what you know are going on just because I went through that. Right. And, and that's why they're so valuable. All those experiences. Yeah. I agree. And admittedly, I'm guilty of this sometimes. A lot of times I, now that I think about it, it's so easy and quick to be able to judge someone just, you know, looking at the book cover, so to speak. And, when you were talking it's it so easy, easy. Man. yeah and you know it's and it could be something as simple as the way they're dressed or you know what they're eating what they're doing whatever I mean, it's, 
it's a protective mechanism, dude. It's our survival yeah. brain trying to protect us. Like it literally goes out and tries to sense danger. And you know, it's, it's how we, yeah. I mean, it makes it, exactly. It, it sucks because we have the t like a 10 million year old survival brain, but we have to control it somehow. Right. So it takes right. constant focus on that. It's really fascinating. But no, you, so you were talking about being a kid in school and, uh, there were probably other kids going through stuff. It just made me think of uh, being like in the lunch line in like third or fourth grade. And <clears throat> there was a kid in front of me and it was back when like, you actually had to like give lunch money or something. I don't remember, but anyway, um, the kid didn't have to pay and he got food. So then like I came up and I was like, well, he didn't pay. So why should I? And yeah. like thinking back on it, because now, I mean, later on, I asked my parents about it, and they're like, you know, there's probably a kid that's on the, I don't even know what it's called, like Title Nine or whatever it is. That, yeah, you know, yeah, for, assistance. But, yeah, just so quickly now I'm able to, like, recall that moment. It's just like, that's probably all that kid was looking forward to was getting that free lunch at school because he doesn't have food and he gets up in the morning or goes home and, here I was complaining that I had to pay, you know, a dollar or two dollars or whatever for food. And, it's and just... I, you're right. I think it's just controlling the mind. Like, you know, they say self-awareness is one of the most important traits. Uh, and, and I think there's self-awareness in like how we show up in our conversations and like social environments. Like if you're at a networking event, like being self-aware, like not being overly obnoxious, not speaking super loud, you know, making sure you're courteous, not interrupting, stuff like that. You know, you want to be really good at, but then also self-aware in like the way that like we're thinking, like the way that, you know, that it's important to just to consider that all the time because it's, it's easy to go down rabbit holes. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. The longer we talk about all these different things, the more I just sit here and think of like different flaws within myself, even though I've done, you know, a lot of cool shit in my life. Uh, so well, yeah, you're definitely well, right. Well, yeah, but when you say when you when you say flaws within yourself, do you mean like lessons that you've learned? Uh, a little bit, both, but just you know, and it's not necessarily like um, glaring things that you know I would go to prison for, but just you know, yeah. like judging people or like sometimes I'm in a hurry and you know I don't hold the door open for someone or someone might wave at me and I don't wave back or. Dude, and that's fine. That's the thing. Like, yeah. um, as long as you're and that, and that's great that you, that you recognize that because now, you know, that's the thing. I think it's worth, um, or, uh, adapting a, a mentality of like, let's, let's recognize that we're not perfect, but work towards being as, as, as good as we can be. Right. It's like, it's like, don't, don't stress about like, don't spend too much time fretting about the way you've been, put more energy into adapting and, 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 and trying to be better, you know, like, um, like, like we've been talking about, like I've, I've tried to work really hard on not judging people, you know, and just realizing that we're all human and stuff, but I do it all the time too. It's, it's just so easy. Like I can think of an example. Um, like if somebody, for instance, like, let's say they get like a bag of chips and they're just walking down the street and they're just chomping real loud or something. One of my biggest pet peeves. It's easy for me to think like, wow, what a pig. Like that guy is just so gross and you know just just like whatever but 
the, the thing is, is like, then I'll catch myself and I'll be like, why am I thinking that way? Like that is, and I won't go into specifically where I'm like, where I just thought to myself, like that's a children of God, but that's literally, that's another human who you have no idea what's going on in their life. It's their right to live their, their life the, the way they want. The thing about it, there's 8 billion people on this earth. So we get the thing about, you don't have to hang out with everybody, right? You can, you can kind of pick and choose who you surround yourself with. So there's no reason to judge, just pass positive vibes and pray for people and just move on. You know, it's, it's just kind of that, that's kind of the mentality I've taken, I guess. Yeah. I always try to keep myself humble. Uh, and you were saying, you know, nobody's perfect and and trying to be better. And and that's, that's true. Um, because it, it kind of goes in line with how, you know, I don't care how fast I'm moving as long as I keep on going. Like, yeah, I don't ever expect to be perfect as long as I'm getting better because there's only one guy that's perfect and they put him on the cross. So like, Mm. I'll never measure up to that no matter what I do. So, I mean, it's just, uh, and then, what was I going to say? Man, those concussions from football catch up to you. Uh, (laughs) For, uh, you know, how about with, like, let's do our creator. Let's make our creator happy and proud and, and just here. Let me. So I, I and I've talked about this a few times on my show. I do this. I do this exercise called wake up where mm-hmm. I like to think about myself walking down the road just on a nice day and a car hopping the curb and accidentally hitting me and, and my life coming to an end. And me having a couple minutes to think about, you know, like what what I've done with my life, what where I've spent it, what you know, who I spent it with, who I was friendly to, you know, like all everything, just like just a replay of my life, and and it makes me think about, it makes me, it, it re, what's the word I'm looking for? It realigns, it, it, it makes sure that I'm doing everything I should, or at least that I think I can at this moment to get to where I need to be, to where I'm harnessing my potential. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be that person that dies and it just has, has tons of regret because I didn't do what I, what I knew I could have done. You know, it's like, or, 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 or what I think I can do, right? I want to, I want to be that kind of person where I'm in constant pursuit of my best self. And that means being a, I'm an amazing parent, being an, a, a top-notch business person, inspiring millions of people, you know, by being financially and time, having financially and time freedom. Like I just, I just want to, and, and I realize not all of those will be, I mean, they're all attainable, but if I don't attain them, that's fine. But as long as I'm seeking that sort of life, because I recognize that this world is so full of abundance, there's so much out there. So by, by doing that exercise and, but my really, it, it, it cuts down to the core. It's like, am I living my life the way I am? Am I being friendly to the people that I live my life with? Am I trying to give back? Am I healthy? Am I, am I working on my health? Am I, am I spending enough time with my wife, my kids? You know, am I being the parent that I want to be? All that stuff. And it, it really helps me align um, my daily actions with, with, with what I, how I want to live my life. And to anybody listening, and Dylan, you too, I just highly recommend taking some time to just think about that um, because it's, it's powerful stuff and it, and it helps, it helps people align 
like I said, their their daily actions is what they want to get out of life. No, that's a good uh, good thing to take note of. It uh, reminds me there was some podcast. It was probably Joe Rogan or something. That's probably the one I listen to the most. But somebody was on there, and they said that when they die. And let's say they said, you know, let's say I get up to heaven and they write a number up on a board and it says like 67 percent or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, what does that mean? And they're like, that is what amount of potential you actually tapped of what you had with your life while you were on Earth. Oh, my God, dude. That just gave me goosebumps. I, just, I don't want to live a life, you know, whether it's 5% or even 91%. Like I want to hit that 99.99 cuz nothing's 100% efficient. Yeah. And so <clears throat> like that's why I'm starting to do like this running and and doing things that make me uncomfortable like this. Like I've always been a shy yeah. introvert, you know, bullied. Like I don't like being in front of people and you know, I'm talking to you, but you know, however many people are going to see this or being up yeah, right. and like doing stuff that I never thought I could do because I get one shot at this and I don't want to get to, you know, the pearly gates or whatever is after there. Uh, and they're just like, Oh yeah, you know, we gave you all this potential and you could have done all these great things and helped these people and did this and done whatever that, you know, there was for me to do. And instead, you know, I only hit 60% of it and, yeah, totally. That would be well, a horrible way I to live. I think as long as you're always, like you said, I don't think 100% it's attainable. But I think if as long as a person is is, um, you know, if if they are if they are internally motivated to the point where you know when they get off track, they recognize they're off track and then they try to get back on track. Like that's you know, I think it's just if if you if you're if you live your life in that fashion where it's just like a constant approach towards achieving your potential. Like you, you're always interested. So like if you're the next time, like you're sitting down on the couch and you have, and you're like, man, I've been watching TV. Like you actually are in, like you have that drive to become your best self. You're going to be in the nineties. You know, it's just if, as long as you're constantly work. Cause like it, it, life's going to happen. Like right now, for instance, um, like I, you know, with, my wife and I, Sydney, we have two kids now, Cal and Conley, you know, and running several businesses all at once. It's crazy. It's like how, like, it's like, to me, in my mind, if I was hitting all my potential, everything would be going perfect. Everybody would be, everything would be fully staffed. Everything would be organized. My email would be perfectly organized. Everything would be perfect. But that's the thing. That's just my own perception of what perfection is. What what with what I'm doing with trying to impact a bunch of people and, and doing all this stuff, I am perfect. Just like you, you're teaching, you're running your your business, you're 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 perfect in what you're doing because you're you're doing everything so that you can become your best self, so that you can help other people, so you can inspire other people. I think that's the golden nugget. Is just so that and, and this goes back to my exercise. Wake up, like if you die. Or if you wake up on your deathbed and you have no more chance to live, like you would be content knowing that you're living your life in a way that you would be proud of, you know, that, that, that your creator would know you're doing what you can to give back or to inspire or whatever, you know, that's just, I think that's like my ultimate goal in life is to, to live a fulfilling life so that I 
when I die, I know that I truly contributed to other people for the betterment of the world. Not, not so that I'm some known as some guru or, you know, whatever. I mean, and that's the weird thing with what we're, with what I'm doing with coaching and speaking. Obviously I need to become known in order to be successful. So it's weird. It's like, it's, it's, I have to constantly tell myself, I'm like, I'm not doing this for popularity. I'm doing this for impact. So it, it's weird, but you follow me there. It's just all about, I think where that, that main source of energy comes from. If it comes from to be the best person, to give back, to inspire others, to, to get, to, to make the world a better place, you're going to feel fulfilled. You're going to love people. You're going to live the life in a way naturally because that's where your main driver is. But if your main driver is like personal gain, you know, financial well-being stuff like that which there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing the right thing but if you're going for just for that that's a dangerous pond to swim in you know right yeah because like and it's kind of deep know, but i think it's yeah. important yeah because you know at surface level starting a business people would say you're starting your own business to make money which that's true but yeah to me like with this welding business, it's not just welding, it's being able to like, let's say, like for example, when I first got started, you had that um, storage rack idea in your head that yep. you're like, how can you make this? So my ability to take an idea that you have and this need and then draw something up and be like, hey, Mike, is this kind of what you're looking for? Is this, you know, what would you know help you out? And then you give me the green light and then you know i make it and it seems like everything that i do project wise welding wise making something in the middle of doing it like yesterday i was doing something uh and on one side you know i went about doing it one way and as soon as i got done with it i was like wow i should have done it this way and that's what i did on the second side and it was so much easier yep. but <clears throat> so it's my ability to continue learning as well as giving somebody something that they want and be able to create yeah. it and kind of, I guess, give them my talent for lack of a better term. Um, Skill and talent. I, damn right. Yeah, yeah for so sure. That they have, you know, the ability to fulfill a need or a want or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, that comes with financial reward. But to me, that's just like the, the, the cherry on the top. It's, be able to give something like, yeah. yeah, you can go buy this at Walmart or whatever, but me being able to like make it to me, that just is so much cooler. You know, well, self- as your business grows, like, so you're exactly right. Like in, in what I'm saying here, as your business grows, your level of impact and the way you impact is different. Like I remember when I started my landscaping company, when we first started get like when I first had employees, I, I remember telling people like my favorite thing about running my business right now is being able to give my guys their paychecks, you know, and that was really cool. And that, and, and you, you were also na- hit the head of the head of the nail where entrepreneurs, they're opportunistic, you know, you see an opportunity and you go after it. Well, that's why you start the business in most cases. I mean, awesome. If you're idea is I want to change the world and then you see an opportunity and then you you start the business so that you can chase that opportunity but I don't think that happens very often most truly at least in my experience that's not how it happened most people find see see an opportunity so like for you you know you start you see a need for welding 
you, you get going and it, at first it's like yeah man like like you just said you you were able to design that rack for me and that's awesome you, you you're contributing to society you're helping that's amazing but then after a while after you do a thousand projects you start to get used to that just like for me we started making good money we were but we were but it was all the same stuff like we were um we did I, it was a lot of lawn care a lot of landscaping a lot of snow removal whatever but and and and, uh, and at first it was like wow this all this money coming in is awesome I was motivated, but then after a while it, I started to take it for granted right and I think that's what happens in a lot of businesses is, is you start to take it for granted but so then you learn at least for me I learned and if I wanted to be happy I needed to contribute so that's what motivated me to like scale my company and get out of it so like with your business Dylan like right now. Um, and and this and the reason why I'm explaining this is because there's a this is how most businesses are, you know. They, a person starts the business, they do well, to the point where they can hire more employees. They start taking on more work, and then and then they they keep scaling. But then sometimes they don't scale super quick, and so they get overburdened to where they have a lot of work, and then they don't know where they're at. But so they have a lot of work going on. You've, you've got some employees working for you, and it's not as fulfilling as it used to be. You know, at first you're like, wow, this is amazing. I'm, I'm helping out Mike. I'm helping out these customers. And then all of a sudden you start to get all these customers. Well, then you start to take them for granted. Well, as you scale out of your business, as you hire that operations manager or that next person on top of you to start managing the crews, then it enables you to take that money and that momentum that your business is building and truly, really impact a lot of people too. You know, so it's, it's just really interesting how that changes throughout time. You, you, you see what I mean? And, and yeah. what happens is, unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot of business owners that start their business and then for their entire life are stuck in the operator realm. And then and then they they lose out on they, they get they start to take for granted just giving the paychecks out or just helping out, you know, the, their customers. And then they start to become unfulfilled and unhappy. So it, I guess the point I'm trying to make is in business, you want to have an opportunity obviously you want to be able to have something you can sell in the market that's going to make money that there's demand for but then as you get your feet underneath you as you start to grow and scale that business continue to figure out ways to give back and to inspire other people because that's that's i believe that that's what a business should be it should be a vehicle for change you know something that allows us to be a force for good while also giving us financial reward time freedom because we create a product that creates profit that allows us to hire people to manage it, which enables us to have freedom. Right. I mean, that's, I think a lot of people when they get into business, they, they, they get into it for the wrong reasons. They don't even think about it from that mindset and then they never get to that. Yeah. You know, to where they're truly giving back and it, it takes, it takes time. I mean, just to be quite frank, I'm 29. There's not that many 29-year-old business owners that have figured that out. And I'm not, it's, it, I don't know why, I, I don't know. Actually, I know, it was, I was in fucking hell. I was in, I hated my life there for a little while. And I still had a good life. And then I figured it out, thank God. That's how I learned, you know. Some people have other terrible things happen to them that forces them to learn, you know. Like, for instance, you, Dylan, your, your father passings get, you know, you've learned some amazing things from that that have enabled you to be strong and, and a great leader and, and to impact tons of people. So that's, that's awesome, man. And, and yeah, I just hope anybody listening to this episode 
Um, I, I know I've gotten a bunch from it, so I know anybody that's listened to this entire episode has gotten all sorts of amazing things. Um, but, I mean, Dylan, as we wrap down towards the end here, I mean, um, I mean, what are you excited about? Like, what, where, so, I mean, you've had such an amazing story, and, you know, it's, it's quite remarkable how you've taken it and poised yourself in the position to be able to impact other people and, you know, you've started a business and I mean, what are some of your goals? What, what are you, what are you looking forward to accomplishing with everything you're doing? Um, I mean, my biggest thing is just being able to grow my business. That's my biggest goal. Um, cause I mean, it's, I've had it for two years now and it's been a slow incline, which is fine. And I've already made it pers or sorry, I've already made it past the first hump. Cause most people, or most small businesses quit after that first year when yeah. they haven't you know, yep. gotten, you know, what they were looking for. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to rely on other forms of income to kind of keep me sustained while I'm doing this on the side. But, you know, I don't welding and making stuff is my passion. I don't want it to be the side. I want it to be the focus in terms yeah, of full time of work and employment, not the sole fo focus of my life. Um, so just growing that and, you know, and I've, I'm starting to find out that, you know, my ability to do that is through doing things that, you know, make me uncomfortable, like I said earlier. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I've always tried to just let my work kind of speak for my, for itself, which doesn't always work. Some people see it and they're like, oh man, he's really skilled. You know, he can do this. Um, but other people just don't realize that they need a welder. Um, or something welded or made out of metal yeah. um, w without being, you know, sold it. Um, so growing it from that aspect is, is my goal. Um, you know, there's some equipment that I want to get, uh, which, <clears throat> you know, takes time, but that'll allow me to do some different things because everyone uh, seems to want, you know, like plasma CNC stuff done. Um, and I don't have a, a burn table yet. So, uh, the goal is to get awesome. a plasma cutter and I can freehand stuff and, and work from there and, and work up towards it. You know, I'm in no rush. I got, you know, the rest of my life to kind of chip away at this. If it all of a sudden starts coming quick, then great, but I'm not going to get, you know, deterred if it's still this, you know, slow progress. So I've had the two years and then from a personal standpoint, you know, <clears throat> just being able to self-reflect kind of what you're talking about being able to like um so once a week i'll watch the video good on youtube by jocko willing mm. yeah so if i can do that there's no reason why i can't you know daily kind of do your wake up thing and inside it try to stay present because you know i've seen people talk about these different things but actually being able to apply that uh discipline to your life is an actual completely different thing. Um, and then just uh, working out, trying to be in better shape and, and do this long distance running. I want to do 100 miles before I'm 35. I just turned 31 yesterday. So yeah, I got yeah. Happy birthday. thanks, man. So I got goals. I got <clears throat> visions, if you will, the, you know, things I can, I can see, you know, when I look ahead and it's just a matter of getting there. So, dude, everything you told me was awesome, and I'm excited like for the business and running the 100 mile. Why do you want to do it all, though? Like, what is the main reasoning that's going to, like, 
make you like jump out of bed before your alarm clock goes off. You know, like what's what's that? I mean, do you and and let me let me premise with a lot of people don't know. So and it's and it's one of the things where it takes sometimes it takes a day or a week or a month to know. So if you don't know right now, that's fine too. But um, do you no, do you have a good idea? Of maybe. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly why. So my uh, why, if you will, is is a two-parter. So there's the part of, <clears throat> like, when I get up and, and go run or my just, you know, drive to work, because not like the physical drive, but, like, mental drive. Um, you know, it, it's a grind, man. Like, I'm, I'll work, like, 60 hours Monday through Thursday, and then I got to find time to do stuff around the house and uh, – you know, have me time to relax plus my business. And and so it's a grind. So my ability to stay focused with that and just, again, fighting those demons and it's like me versus me. How can I get better than what I was Mm. yesterday, whether it's 0.01% or whatever. And then to that same token, uh, my why for, you know, the exterior out is, you know, if there's somebody that's, you know, our age or younger or older, and they've always wanted to do something, but never thought they could, or were nervous or scared or, or whatever, or were bullied, whatever their story is, um, to like see this or see me and be like, hey, you know, he was able to do it. Why can't I? And, you know, it's not a slight on me or anything like that like i want people to take what i'm doing as inspiration to be able to do something with their lives so they're not filled with regret plus selfish selfishly speaking there's no better feeling than you know proving people wrong i mean that's just yeah, yeah i don't right. think you're human if you don't feel that way so yeah. um yeah i just i mean whether it's my students or customers or people that i come across like it doesn't even have to be welding, but find something that, you know, you're passionate about. I don't even care what it is, but whatever that is, if you can make it a business, great. But if it's a hobby, then like, if it's going to be your passion and you, and you love it, like put everything into it and, and be happy mm-hmm. with what you're doing because we only get one shot at this, man. So we got to make it count. Yeah, and if, I mean, if you put everything towards something and you realize, oh, I don't like it as much, or you learn how to, yeah, that's the thing about it. Like I was saying earlier, as long as you're always putting the, the, the your your foot on gas, all the way, you know, the pedal to the floor, just always working hard and and trying your best. And if something doesn't go right, you adapt, and then you go again, and then you adapt, and you go again. Everything's gonna be all right. You know, it's, it's, yeah, that's man. the thing. Like, like, people get so caught up in life. It's just if you're constantly working on bettering yourself, improving the people you surround yourself with, all that, life's going to be great. So, yeah. Dylan, like my, I always yeah. like at the end just to open up the, the show. Do you have anything you'd like to leave the listeners with, like any um, call to actions or anything that you recommend that, that they follow through with? Yeah. Um, so... Um, first off, if nobody's read the book, can't hurt me by David Goggins, you got to read it. Um, great book. Great book. Uh, I haven't read a second one yet, but you know, that's another thing I need to do is get better at reading, but that's another story for another day. Um, 
there's a quote from a professional wrestler, uh, DDP. He says, uh, never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in yourself. So if you can't believe in yourself, it's going to be hard for other people to do it. But more importantly, if you believe in yourself, you don't need anything else. If you can believe in yourself and, and whatever you want to do, do it. It, it might Amen. take a day. It'd take 15 years. You're going to get there. You just got to be able to persevere. And, and I think that's been kind of the uh, title of my story is perseverance, you know, just being able to keep on going. And for me, I look at it like I'm just trying to climb Mount Everest. Sometimes I fall back down and I just try to keep on getting back up and I don't care how long it takes. It's an endurance race for me. Eventually, I'll get to the top, and when I get to the top, I'm going to look up and try to see where I can go next. So that's where I leave people. I love it. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. You bet. Um, Yeah, great episode today. If anybody has any questions for Dylan or would like to reach out to Kef's Customs, um, Dylan, should they just reach reach right out to you on Facebook, or what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can go to Kef's Customs. That's K-E-F. S K U S T O M S on Facebook uh, or Instagram. <clears throat> and then um, that'd probably be the easiest way. Just reach out to me, whether it's a question, if it's welding related or whatever, or you want something made, great. Uh, I'm not here to sell business. I just want to talk and, and get people pumped up. So, yeah, reach out to me there. And awesome. Go from there. Great, man. Well, hey, well, thanks again for coming on today. Uh, We appreciate having you on. That was another episode of The Michael Maloney Show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.